Hey, what's going on? My name is Matthew and welcome to the Real Life Podcast. This is a place where we hope that you can be encouraged, that your faith can be built up, and you can leave feeling more connected to Jesus and his church than when you tuned in. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Happy New Year, Real Life. We made it to 2021, and I am so excited to get this new year started, to have a heart that's filled with hope and anticipation for a new year. It's so good just to have a fresh start. 2020 was what it was, and we are here beginning a new year together, believing that God is gonna speak, direct, lead our lives, that he's gonna fill us with hope, with change, with transformation, with so much purpose and fulfillment this year. I'm excited that you're with us. Believe that God is gonna speak to you today. Believe that these moments are sacred, that God wants to meet you right where you are as you are engaged with us online. I believe that uh, God has something in store for each of us for this year. And this is a chance for us just to really come together around what God wants, what God desires, what God has purposed and intended for each of our lives. We are gonna spend the next several weeks talking about relationships. Relationship um, has been pressurized and decimated for decades. And really through this last 12 months and through this pandemic, relationship has been destroyed. And as we look at 2021, we wanna set a, a baseline and really a filter for our lives. I, I'm really viewing this as a line in the sand that the world has a way of doing things and a way of relationship and a way of interacting. And Jesus has a way. And we are drawing a line in the sand saying, hey, let's not go the world's way, let's go Jesus' way. The Bible word for this is called holy. That's what this whole series is called, holy. It means set apart. We're foreigners, we're strangers, we're aliens. We're not like the rest of the world. Those of us that have put our faith in Jesus Christ have drawn this line in the sand that said, you know what, I'm no longer living for the world or the world's ways, I'm living Jesus' way for his design, for his purposes. And relationship is one of the most important things to God and one of the most important things to us as his people. And so we're making a decision consciously as we start 2021 to say, you know what? We are going to choose relationship Jesus' way. So this is really an invitation today. Will you go Jesus' way? As relationships continue to be pressurized and unravel in our heart. I know the tendency for me, for a lot of us, is to go alone, to isolate, to go by ourselves, to get away from brokenness and broken people and hard relationships. Some of us, our marriages have been traumatized. Some of us, our relationship with our kids have been absolutely decimated through some of the pains of this last year or even over the last decade. For several of us, we've been betrayed by people close to us. So we've been hurt in relationship. And as the hurts mount and, and, and all of the brokenness continues to pile up in our hearts, the choice seems to be either relationship or no relationship. Go alone. Speaking of alone, have you seen that show? My wife and I watched several episodes of the kind of the most recent one when they're in the Arctic. And you know, it starts out kind of like this adventure, like, oh, we're gonna go camping in the woods by ourselves and see how long we can last and, and, and we'll kill some fish and it'll be fun. And then pretty soon they're like talking to squirrels they just killed. Like within just a few days, they're like, have like little stuffed bunnies that they snared and they ate. And then they're talking to themselves. Like, I don't know if you've seen this show, but it's the, the more alone they are, I feel like the more crazy people get. And, and, and 
I think that's really true for all of us. Like the more alone, the more isolated we are, the more crazy we get. We are not designed to be alone, yet relationships are hard. I think if you're like me relationally, I, I, I struggle. I, I'm not like this naturally gifted, bubbly, connected person. I'm intense, I'm passionate, I, I, I just kind of go after it, I'm task driven. You ask my wife, I am difficult to be in relationship with. And yet at the same time, I know God has a design and, and Jesus has a way. And so somehow God, you've got to teach us relationship. And everywhere I go in relationship, there I am making messes, asking, having to ask for forgiveness giving grace, receiving grace. It just seems like this perpetual, endless mess trying to navigate relationship. Yet I think it's worth it. See, God has a plan for your life. And as you and I choose to walk in step with his plan and his purposes, we are blessed. When we step outside of his design and his purposes, we are actually cursed. To go the way of the world is to inflict damage and destruction on our souls and our hearts and our minds and our emotions. But to go Jesus' way is a way of freedom, of hope, of life, of healing and, and, and joy and fulfillment. I want fulfilling relationships. I believe you do too. That's what this conversation is about today. But in order for us to have relationships that are fulfilling, we've got to walk according to God's design. You can't go the world's way and expect to have fulfilling relationships. I wanna read you just a little bit of science for a moment because we've become infatuated as a people with science. And, and back in 2003, Dartmouth Medical School did a, a massive research project. All these scientists came together and they made a decision to try to understand where all of the childhood brokenness was coming from. And I, I wanna show you just a little bit of science that backs up what we know God's design has been for centuries, for, for thousands of years. They did a study called Hardwired to Connect. And this is out of the executive summary of this study. They said there's a crisis in US children. And this crisis comes in two parts, they said. The first part is the deteriorating mental and behavioral health of US children. We are witnessing high and rising rates of depression, anxiety, attention deficit, conduct disorders, thoughts of suicide, and other serious mental, emotional, and behavioral problems among US children and adolescents. But the second part of this crisis, they say, is how we as a society are thinking about this deterioration. So one part is the actual issue with the kids. And the other part is how you and I are approaching it and thinking about the problem with the kids. He says, they say, we are using medications, psychotherapies, and we are designing more and more special programs for at-risk children. These approaches are necessary, they say, but they are not enough. Why? Because programs of individual risk assessment and treatment seldom encourage us and can even prevent us from recognizing as a society the broad environmental conditions that are contributing to growing numbers of suffering children. 
In large measure, what's causing this crisis of American childhood is a lack of connectedness. We mean two kinds of connectedness, close connection or connectedness to other people and deep connections to a moral and spiritual meaning. For what may be the first time, a diverse group of scientists and other experts on children's health is publicly recommending that our society pay considerably more attention to young people's moral, spiritual, and religious needs. When you hear this from Dartmouth Medical School from 2003, 17 years ago now, these people are saying, hey, there's an issue with US young people. They are not connected. They are not connected to God. They are not connected to people. There is a lack of connection and it is deteriorating children. I know that we have filters on our life. I know that we've just been walking through a crazy pandemic with all these concerns of safety. But man, man when I hear this, there's a, a, a rising urgency in my heart that, that kind of supersedes some of the fears of a pandemic and helps to center our hearts on what's most essential for us to as people, we are made for relationship. If there's something that I want you to grab a hold of today is that God actually designed you, hardwired you, put you together in your emotional place, in your spiritual place, in your physical, your brain. He made you for relationship with him and with other people. Now I wanna show you biblically what this looks like, that you and I are made for relationship. At the very beginning of creation, Genesis chapter two, God has just created all the stars in the sky, the sun, the land, all of these amazing things. And he's going through creation and he's just created Adam, man. And he's going, hey, this is good. Stars are good. The sea is good. The fish are good. The animals are good. And he's saying all of this is good, declaring it's good. But then when he gets to man, when he gets to Adam, in Genesis chapter two, verse 18, God says, it is not good that man should be alone. I want you to hear this. Everything in all of creation is good, but it's not good that man should be alone. And so I'm gonna make, her, make a helper that's fit or suitable for him. I'm gonna make another human being. I'm gonna actually put Adam to sleep and, and, and take one of his ribs and create this woman. And it's gonna be amazing, this picture of relationship, not only with God, but with people. When you think about God saying it is not good, Adam was not alone, he was with God. Some people get in this place where we've been so wounded by other people that we go, you know what? Me and God, that's good enough. I could, I could just do without all those other crazy human beings. And so me and God, we're just gonna go on our own little adventure and God and I got this. God would disagree with you. It is not good for man to be alone. When I hear this, I, I gotta step back for a second and go, wait a second, this is the very first conflict that ever arose in scripture and it was before sin entered the world. Every time throughout scripture, we're attributing conflict and brokenness, we're attributing it to our sin and our sinful nature. And in God's design, he's saying my creation is not complete until human beings have other human beings to interact with. My creation is not good until Adam has Eve, until man has woman, until people have people. If you fast forward uh, several books of the Bible, you see in Exodus that God is creating this 
framework for relationship with God and relationship with people. He's creating his own people and he's setting them apart. He's making them holy for his purposes. Have you heard of the 10 commandments before? As you look at the 10 commandments, you can, maybe some of you have memorized them, that there's this understanding of like, all right, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a, a, a carved or graven image. You shall not ha take the name of the Lord your God in vain. There's all these commands. And, and then there's these ones like don't murder, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't covet. When you think about, break down this list for a second. You and I are made for relationship with God and made for relationship with each other. The first several commands all have to do with our relationship with God. Like, don't take his name in vain. Don't create another God or a false God. Don't, don't, don't forget about this Sabbath day and recognize that I created all of this and you're to rest on this day and to keep that day holy. Or, or all the rest of them are about relationship with each other. Like, don't murder. That's hard on relationship when you kill people, right? It is really hard on your marriage when you commit adultery. Don't do that. Don't steal. Don't do that. That is hard on relationship, right? Every one of these commands has to do with relationship with God and relationship with each other. You could go through all the prophets of the Old Testament. You could see this, this love from God saying, hey, I've made you for relationship with me. Would you come back to relationship with me? Would you come into right relationship with each other? And then you get to Jesus in Matthew chapter 22 and he's being interrogated, and he's being asked, what's the most important command that God ever gave humans? And in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus says it so clearly. He said, uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I want you to just step back for a second. They asked him for one commandment, the greatest, and Jesus gave them two. You're made for a relationship with God, so love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you're made for a relationship with each other, and so love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. If you could do those two things, Jesus says all the law, all the prophets, all the Old Testament hangs on these two things, that you would love God and love each other. Real life, when I hear this, there's this sense of, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. We are made for relationship. Why am I spending so much time here? Because I think it's important that you and I understand that the world has a message they are preaching at you. The world is trying to convince you that their way is right, that how they operate in relationship is right. When our God, the creator and sustainer of all things, designed relationship, designed you for relationship, his way is better. His way is a fulfilling way. His way is a way of peace, of joy, of fulfillment. And you and I are tired of having broken relationships. You're dating people, you're, you're, you're addicted to pornography, you're, you're just engaged in these crazy sexual exploits and you have no understanding of God's way. You're not understanding the difference between the world's way and God's way. And I wanna help establish something. God made relationship and he made you for it. He has so much to say about it. And you just listening to the world is the way of destruction. And I am your pastor and I love you and I do not wanna see you destroyed relationally. I do not wanna see your marriages broken. I do not wanna see you given way to crazy sexual things. I want to see you walking in fulfillment, in joy, in peace. I want to see you walking in the way of Jesus. This is a holy way, a different way. And this is really an invitation to go Jesus' way. So here's, here's the bottom line. You and I are made for relationship, right? 
God, the designer and the creator of all things, he made us for relationship. And so the only way for us to have fulfilling relationship is to walk according to his design. Not the world's design, his design. So I wanna walk you through this. Again, this will be kind of a, a baseline for this whole conversation throughout January here. We're gonna talk about dating and marriage and conflict and porn. and We're gonna talk about sex. We're gonna talk about lots of these different pieces of relationship throughout this whole month. But I believe it starts right here with you just making a decision. I wanna go Jesus' way. God's design for relationship is the way of fulfillment and hope life in relationship. Remember I said there's a line in the sand that I'm drawing today and that's it right there. Would you stop going the world's way and start going Jesus' way? What is God's design for relationship? Well, I think at first it's just this understanding that God's design is commitment. If you're, if you're writing stuff down today as you're, as you're watching with us, or maybe you're in the, in the chat talking with some of our, our pastors and leaders, I want you to just kind of capture this in your heart. The baseline for relationship, for God's design of relationship is commitment. All throughout scripture, God has created this covenant of relationship with his people. He says, if you go my way, then I will bless you. If you don't go my way, then you will be cursed. It's, it's just this basic understanding that there's a commitment to go God's way. Jesus said, if you love me, then you'll obey me, right? There's this understanding of, okay, commitment is really at the, at the root of this thing. When you think of marriage, what is marriage based on? Vows, a commitment, a covenant to say, till death do us part. It is this undergirding piece that makes God's design possible, commitment. For you and I to move forward towards fulfilling relationships, we gotta start right here, commitment. When I look at some of the New Testament teaching around relationship, Paul, one of the greatest leaders of the New Testament, he, he says to a church in Ephesus in Ephesians 4, he says, I therefore a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called called you to God's design. Now walk worthy of that calling. Here's how you do that with all humility, with gentleness and with patience. Here's what I want you to do. Bear with one another in love. Commitment. To actually stick with each other in love is commitment. To not bail when things get hard. The world's way is to bail when things get difficult, right? And, and kind of critique and, and, and call out and, and judge and, and cancel and do all those things that the world does. To, to bail is the easy way, but to stay committed is God's way. In a marriage that's maybe not fulfilling the way you thought it should be fulfilling, to bail is the world's way because I don't feel love anymore is the world's way. But to, to understand that love is a choice that you and I make. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to bear with one another in love. Be eager to maintain the, the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. You hear this language, it's commitment. It's strengthened by us saying, I am gonna make an intentional choice to continue to go God's way. Love is a decision that you and I make to go God's way. Commitment, it undergirds this whole thing. The world's way would say bail. Jesus' way is to stay and to stay committed 
to God's design for relationship. God's design is commitment. God's design is also forgiveness. Forgiveness is another choice that you and I make. And it's not um, the world's way. <laughs> the world's way is to hold grudges and be bitter and to um, walk away in places of brokenness from people. But God's way, Jesus' way, is the way of forgiveness. When I think about the kingdom of God, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, it's, it's a message of forgiveness. You and I are made for relationship with God, but we can't be in relationship with God because of the nature that was born inside of us. It's a sinful nature. It's a rebellious nature. It's a nature that says, I don't want to go God's way. I want to go the world's way. That rebellious nature keeps us separated from God because in order to be in relationship with God, we got to be perfect. God seeing us in this broken and rebellious state doesn't stand at a distance and judge us and critique us and hate us. God comes in the form of his son, Jesus, as the savior to offer forgiveness for all mankind. He would actually take your and my sin on himself. He would, he would actually go to the cross on our behalf, pay the penalty of our sin, die the death that you and I should have died, go to the grave that all of us deserve to go to, resurrect from the dead, declaring victory over sin and death, and now offer forgiveness to all mankind. See, this is the gospel. It's a gospel of forgiveness. You no longer have to live under the weight of your sin and shame. You can be declared right before God, not because you are right, but because Jesus was right. Because he was perfect, he can make you perfect. Now, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are able to walk in that forgiveness and walk in that righteousness. And when God the Father looks at you at judgment day, he no longer will see all of your imperfections and all of your feelings and all of your sin. He will not even see your best religious efforts because to him, your religion is like filthy rags. What will he see? If you have your faith in Jesus Christ, he will see the perfection of Jesus Christ. He will see the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He who knew no sin actually became sin so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. See, the essence of this whole thing is forgiveness. You can be forgiven. And that same forgiveness can flow through you to other people. See, a lot of times forgiveness feels like something you gotta muscle up the emotional strength to be able to do. That's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is you and I stepping into the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and allowing that same forgiveness to flow through us to other people. Jesus' disciples one time asked him, how many times, God, do we got to forgive people? Like seven times? He's like, no, more like 70 times seven. You know how many times God forgives us? That's how many times we forgive others. Every sin, every thought, every cross look, every bad attitude, Jesus forgives. Every past, present, and future sin, he chooses to not remember them against us ever again. Those of us that have faith in Jesus Christ have forgiveness for every single one of our sins. And that same forgiveness, he says, needs to flow through us to other people. Whoever's been forgiven much, loves much, is what Jesus says. If, if you somehow lose this sense of the forgiveness God is offering you and don't, 
in return offer that forgiveness to other people, you are going the world's way. Jesus' way is to take the forgiveness that he is offering you and extend it to those that you're in relationship with. God's design is forgiveness. I love how Jesus said it. He says that if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. He connects the two. He doesn't separate them. Our relationship with God and the forgiveness that he offers us is connected to our relationship with others and how well we forgive them. We're always trying to separate them and go, well, I'm good with God, but I hate those people. That's not how it works in the kingdom of God. You can't separate the two. You can't go, well, I'm good here and not good there. No, Jesus is like, you're not good in either spot if you're not willing to offer forgiveness. And so you and I have to make another decision. Okay, am I gonna go the world's way that doesn't forgive, holds grudges, keeps things bitter, has this anger in my heart towards people, gets all loud and crazy on social media about stuff, or am I gonna go Jesus' way, the way of forgiveness? This is the way of holiness. It's different than the world. It's set apart. God's design is commitment. God's design is forgiveness. And finally, God's design is grace. See, this is what makes God's design for relationship what it is, is there's, a, there's an essence about it. There's this willingness to give something that people don't deserve. That's, that's the gift of God for all mankind is this grace. You deserve punishment, but God gives you the ability to be in relationship with him instead. You deserve to be killed for your sins. The Bible says the wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God, this gracious gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. See, there's, a, there's to be a, a sense, a smell, an, an era, aura about you and I as Jesus people, people of the kingdom. It's a, it's a graciousness. It's this willingness to give what's not deserved over and over and over again. See, it, in the world's way, there's this counting system, right? Well, you did this, and so I'm gonna give you that in exchange. You hurt me, so I'll hurt back. You wouldn't, you wouldn't do this, so I'm not gonna do that. There's this kind of like, like measuring system that the world has for relationship. But Jesus' way is a different way. It doesn't keep track that way. Over and over and over again, grace is extended. When I think about what makes Jesus' church his church, it's a family of grace. It's a people of grace. It's a community founded on the grace that we have received that is being freely given to those that we're in relationship with. This is what makes the church what it ought to be. It's Jesus calls us salt. You are the salt of the, of the earth. You are the light of the world. We bring flavor, this new way of living. We bring light to the broken and hopeless world. People know broken relationship, but when they see real relationship, whole relationship, gracious relationship, then they're going, wow, there's something different. That tastes better, that, that, that looks different. I want that. You're dating people right now. People wanna look at your dating relationship and have hope that there is a way that is different than the world's way. They, they look at your marriage and they want hope. They wanna know that there is a way that is different and better than the world's way. See, this is grace. This is the essence of what it means to be Jesus' people is to be a people full of grace. 
that we're able to confess our sins to each other and forgive each other and know that as we confess, there's healing that's gonna take place, not judgment and criticism and canceling that's gonna take place, but, but a, a place of, of grace where you and I could experience wholeness and healing and forgiveness together. See, this is what it means to be Jesus' people in relationship with God and in relationship with each other. Grace is God's design. And it's really the invitation for all of us to understand, hey, the world has a way and Jesus has a way. Let's go Jesus' way. Let's be a holy people, a set apart people, a different people. Let's be a city on a hill, a light shining in darkness. By the way that we interact with God and with each other, by the way that we choose forgiveness, by the way that we choose commitment in a world that has zero commitment, let's be a different people, a peculiar people, a holy people, a people that are set apart as a city on a hill, giving light to the darkness all around us. See, this is the call in our relationships is to be different, to be Jesus kind of people. My hope through this whole conversation through January here is to go, okay, real life. There is an enemy that has been winning in our relationships. He's been destroying relationships. I've had some of the most crazy relational strife in the last eight weeks of my life that I've ever had. It is painful. The enemy is waging war on your marriage, on your kids, on your relationships with your friends at school. He's coming to you digitally. He's trying to get into your soul through, through digital means, through pornography, through all kinds of different places. And for many of us, the enemy is winning. As a pastor who loves you, who's committed to you becoming who God made you to be, who's committed to you being all that Jesus intends you to be, I am drawing a line in the sand. I'm saying no more. The devil has no place in your marriage, in your relationships, in your dating. The world's way has no place. You have fulfillment and joy and purpose from God. This is an invitation to come out of all that brokenness and come into God's way. I know it'll be difficult. I know it's risky. I know that there's a lot on the line. I know there's a lot of pain and healing that, that is gonna be needed through this process, but this is a process that's worth it. It's worth it to go Jesus' way. And so I wanna invite you out of the world's way into Jesus' way. So here's what I, I wanna ask you to do today. Just to start with this. All right. I'm committed to Jesus, to receiving his forgiveness, his grace, the commitment that he has shown in my life over and over and over again. I'm committed to relationship with Jesus. And Jesus, I'm asking you to empower me to have the kind of relationships with people that you have designed me to have, created me to have, long for me to have. So the first decision is this, Jesus. Do you know him? Have you put your faith in him? Are you connected to him? Do you love him? Have you surrendered to him? Have you really bent your knee in humility before him? That's your first decision. And if you've made that decision or you're making it right now, the next decision is this, God's design for relationship. God, I wanna go your way. Jesus, I wanna go your way. It's all over on all these digital platforms, however you can respond. Click 
raise my hand, receive Jesus right now. Talking to one of our, our pastors, our leaders in the, ch in the chat or whatever the moderation looks like, I want you to just respond right now. Don't wait another moment. Don't think about it. Allow the spirit of God, his presence in your life right now to bring conviction to your soul and a repentant heart that says, Jesus, I choose you. If you've made that decision, the next one is this, Jesus, I choose your design for relationship. I wanna go your way, not the world's way. Let me pray for you. Jesus, you see every heart right now responding, all the hands that are being raised, all the lives that are being changed right now, all the decisions, God, that you're leading us to take. God, I pray that this would be a year of victory, a year of fulfillment, a year of relational strength and health, God, a year of your church becoming salt in light in a very dark world, God. I pray that this would be a year, God, of, of healing in relationship, forgiveness, reconciliation, marriages being restored, lives being transformed, bitterness being released, healing from all of the pain of the past, all the abuses, all the things that have been inflicted upon so many watching. God, I just pray your grace and, and your comfort over every one of those areas, God. For those that haven't been able to forgive themselves, God, I pray just for a sense of release from all that brokenness that they've caused in people's lives. For those, God, that that, that just can't get over the, the pain of the past, God. I pray that you would just give them a reassurance right now that you will walk with them. Jesus, you are not far off from our pain. Jesus, you were betrayed. You were broken. You were walked away from God. You can walk with us through all of this healing, through all this restoration, through all this transformation. Jesus, we choose you. You are our savior. You are the one that forgives us. You are the one that gives us grace, God, and we choose your way. Jesus, we wanna be holy. We wanna be set apart for your purposes, God. And so we humble ourselves before you right now. We repent of trying to go the world's way and we turn to you, Jesus, in your way. We love you and trust you in your name, amen. I love you so much for your life. Believe that God has so much fulfillment in relationship in mind for you. I pray you have the courage to take the steps he's calling you to take. If you just said yes to Jesus for the first time today, let us know because your next step is to be baptized. We wanna help you take that step. No matter where you are around the world, we wanna help you take that step. And really throughout scripture, when somebody says yes to Jesus, they're baptized immediately. We are gonna help you right now figure that out please let us know. We will walk with you towards that next step. If you're not connected in the relationship around here digitally or in one of our in-person gatherings, that is your next step. We wanna help you get connected. Our online pastor, James, if you haven't met him yet, he will get you into a group, into a Zoom digital group. If you're somewhere around the world, if you're right here in the Spokane region, man, we have in-person gatherings, groups all over the place that we wanna help you connect into relationship with other people and learn relationship. You can't learn relationship except in relationship. So you got to get in it. We love you so much. Let's worship together today. Thanks so much for joining us today. Be sure to stay in touch and visit the description for our contact info. We would love to be praying for you. Before you take off, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. As always, we hope this podcast encouraged you and pointed you closer to Jesus. Take care.